Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to Building a Podcast. I'm your host, Maticus Bricks. Joining me as usual, Ethan the Brick Chef. And today, we have a very special guest. He's staying up extra late to join us at a time which is somewhat relevantly convenient for him. It is the one and only, the incomparable Obi-Wan. Good evening, gents, or good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So, of course, we have a very exciting show for you today. As per usual, we will get started with our LICO news, which is going to be a little bit light this week, but expect some pretty heavy news in the future. We are going to be skipping our element of the week, which we would normally do, because we have a lot to talk about, right? We have an interview with Obi-Wan, so we would really like to get to that. Yes. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and we will get right into the news. So yeah, as Maticus mentioned, um, we're just going to keep news light. A lot of sets just got revealed, but we're going to wait a little bit longer, get a little bit closer to January 1st. And we are going to dedicate a whole episode to covering everything that's going to come out January 1st. So don't worry, we will definitely cover everything else. But for right now, we just wanted to do some stuff that's a little bit more relevant to our guests today. So starting off, we have three new Brickheads packs that are pertaining to the Lord of the Rings, which I think is a very uh, big franchise that a lot of people have been waiting to see make a return in Lego. And it finally has, and personally, some of my favorite kinds of sets, which are the Brickheads. So the first pack you have there is Frodo and Gollum. I think that one will be presumably $15 as it does contain the normal $10 brickhead and then the half-size brickhead, which is typically $5. What are your guys' thoughts on these, especially the first one there? Well, our, I'll let our special guests go first. Thank you very much, Marcus. So um, I, I really like these. I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think, without going too much into it, I think it's the greatest trilogy of all time, and that's coming from somebody who's loves Star Wars. But... Um, I've also probably over the last 12 months or so come to really appreciate and love Brickheads as well. And I'm kind of a little bit disappointed in myself that I've let some good Brickheads get past me in the past. Mm -hmm. So all of these will be great. The Gollum one, I suppose, lacks a little bit of expression and just Mm -hmm. kind of... It looks a bit clean as well. For that <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, they could have printed the torso with some kind of like yes, ratty. Yeah. Yes. It's almost like it's a limiting factor, like you said, of, of the brickheads where they have to have that classic, just the eyes. And well, he can't really have him with his menacing expression because it wouldn't really look like a brickhead, would it? Yeah, no, he, he definitely he's he's got his printed element on his side there, I guess his little bit of hair that he does have is printed on the side but yeah maybe something could have been done on on the chest pieces um frodo looks really great i love the brick that they have there Mm. the printing on it it looks really great a little uh, leaf pendant from lothorian really good there yeah i have two gripes with the with the frodo brick head go for it tell us well number one is that sword they have a mold for sting that sword looks nothing like sting that's that's bothersome very inaccurate um (laughs) and then of course he has this like five head going on which you know for those of you who are listening and not watching i something's off about the hair it looks like frodo's got like this slick back gangster style and it should be more like messy in his face they could have either done like some printing on that tile or just had something you know some sort of element of that that reddish brown brick coming down to represent the hair kind of in his face so it's a little little off for me 
Yeah, I think nonetheless they will be very popular. Um, oh, absolutely. And then moving on, our second pack here. This will be a twenty dollar pack as we have two normal size brickheads. You have Gandalf and Balrog. I will say I do not like Balrog. I wish that they like they have for Gollum here. They created this half size standard for small mm-hmm. brickheads. This was would have been a really great opportunity, I think, to create a larger standard for brickheads for characters that are obviously not the normal size of a person. Let's make it bigger. Yes. Gandalf, I do think, looks great. What do you think, Opie? I, I agree. Uh, the the Balrog just feels a bit lacking. It, it, it's like a baby Balrog. It's almost cute. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, that Balrog is definitely not passing. Like, so a, a bigger version would would have worked for me. Good opportunity to do that. Opportunity missed. I think it's better the more I look at it. I mean, it's definitely still blocky, but I feel like the more I look at it, the more I get used to it. I love that Gandalf, though. Yeah, and it's it's due to point out, I don't think either of these feature prints like Brickheads would normally feature a custom print mm-hmm. in every build. These two, I don't think, have anything special. Beside, I don't think we've seen the Brickheads eyes come oh. on that color element before. Right. But I was looking at the mouth, too. Is it an open mouth? Or? It is. It has, like, those... Uh, fang pieces right yeah he definitely uses some interesting techniques that i've not seen before in a brickhead it's a very unique one for sure even more so with those like i do appreciate the techniques but i think they they really could have landed as a slightly bigger scale just to really pull out those details yeah Mm -hmm. i am in full agreement with you there i really wish we could have seen a large a large format standard for brickheads um, and then our final two-pack here is the Aragorn and Arwen two-pack. Maticus, what do you think about them? They look really nice, you know, and as a Lord of the Rings fan, I can't really remember. Is Arwen wearing a sort of lime green dress at some point at the end? Uh, to me, I really wish that they had gone with Arwen in her blue dress with more like that printing and the, the detail, because she's just kind of like a block. And then... I Aragorn looks fantastic, but I think I would have just preferred him, you know, like that minifigure where he has like the blue, where he's like at the Battle of the Black Gate. I don't know. I guess I just wish that they had chosen a different version of that so that they maybe looked more like what we think of them as. Yeah, I'm I'm not as familiar with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So what is what are these outfits based on? Like, because this is not that's not the outfit I would typically associate with Aragorn. It right. has to be Return of the King because right. he's at the end because Aragon is wearing the crown. Yeah. It's um, like the wedding outfits, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So it is the wedding scene and she is wearing a green uh, dress there. Okay, yeah. So they, they did do it accurately. I just think it maybe could have been different costumes or different outfits. Yeah. And I, I think I, I do understand probably too why they picked because the, as a two pack, that really is their duo moment in in the franchise. So that does make sense. It would be a little odd to have them have the, the, the outfits that we more recognize on them. They're just not associated being together when they're wearing those those outfits. So it's true. You know, little little uh, minor details with these, but I think nevertheless they're all fantastic, and I'm getting all three of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, I think we did. We were a little rough on them, but 
I, I, yes. yeah, I would like to preface. Yes. I will also as a, just a collector of brickheads in general. And I, I do want to give my spiel on brickheads and why I like them so much. Um, I just really dislike pops and I don't like the, the whole thing of once you take a pop out of its box, it loses its value. But with these, you get the same kind of feel and you have to take them out of the box or else you don't get it. You don't get to admire the, the pro the final product. They're just so cute. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> I love these. I really was not going to be a, a collector of brickheads until I started to get a couple of the star Wars ones this year. Classic no offense to pop collectors, but, but these are better. I just don't, I, I don't like the whole, it loses all value pretty much once it's out of its box. Aren't yep. pops not sealed as well? Yeah, mm. basically, like you, you can, you can open them. So it's like, if somebody did a good job, how can you? How are you going to tell that it hasn't been taken out of its box? Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say it's the same like Black Series. Like you literally buy it, bring it home, and put it there. Like at least that's that for me is why Lego is my franchise because you bring it home, you build it. Yep. You put it on. You can change it. You can mm. critique it. You can customize it. The enjoyment doesn't end when you purchase it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's you have it at home and now I have to build the thing. Now I, I get to interact with it. I get to think about whatever it is that I'm building as I build it. I get to have that me time. And I really love that a brickhead is like a small version of that. And then, like I said, you get a cute little thing to look at. I think they're good gap fillers as well. So where like sets kind of push apart from each other, mm -hmm. they slide in quite nicely. So... I don't think I've, I think I've got my Ahsoka there between uh -huh. Dio and R2. Mm -hmm. and they just fit nicely at the front without kind of crowding out what's behind them as well. They really do. That's a great thing. We don't, we never talk about like display. I feel like that's a, that's one thing you talk about it a bit, Opie, but it's, it's a big one part thing. Of content. Yeah. It's like how, how you, how to display Lego in, in good ways. And yeah, that is, they are very good, especially like, the star wars ones you can fill a gap with like a brickhead that complements the build that you have mm -hmm. next to it uh, yeah you're absolutely right yeah because i mean like darth vader would go with any like imperial build mm -hmm. um, i need to get that one there's two <laughs> After this now conversation, uh, i know wait there's two oh there's the, not the currently old, available that, okay. i think like the 2016 one and then yeah. the mm -hmm. one that's with the OP. it might you're be a little me, bit you're gonna make me go and buy every brickhead available right now honestly because <laughs> I so I'm part of a Facebook collector group that basically is a reseller group, and somebody a couple of weeks ago had every Star Wars brickhead, and I think they wanted something like two hundred pound for it, which is nothing really because I think like things like um, That's not bad. Uh, Phasma goes for quite a little bit, um, Han yeah. and Chewie, and I was so tempted, and I don't know why I didn't buy them, mm. and just because that opportunity will probably not come along again. Yeah, I own all of them except for obviously the San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> Boba Fett, and Han Solo and Carbonite because that alone goes for like. 300 400 yeah are they exclusives for the most part you can only buy them from lego brickheads for the most part yes the star wars sometimes actually not yep. any of them recently i don't think have been in stores the mandalorian Mando one yeah yeah that but one i see everywhere ahsoka never hit retail stores yep. and then obi-wan and vader didn't either 
Yeah, I was just trying to add then, for Amazon list, and that is not possible. <laughs> and then, like, all of the pets ones are store exclusives. They're they're fine. Um, and to continue on the Brickheads yes. topic, we have another new reveal set. It is a Star Wars set. It is the Tusken Raider Brickheads. I think this guy looks really, really him. great. He he almost doesn't look like a brickhead. I mean, in a in a good way. Like he <laughs> just looks like a Tusken Raider. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like with all of the detail that they got in there, like, um, you're not sacrificing any detail in in this format. And I I do want to point out how does the connection work here? Is that a new piece potentially? Yep. Because they they just introduced the the not the quarter round but the half round tile. So is that a half round jumper? I think tile? it has to be. It, like it has to be right, which the the uses for that are my mind is already going wild. But that was like one thing that I, I think not a lot of people have noticed that that I has to be a new element, right? Until you pointed it out, it has to be. I don't know. I see how else they have it connected. Exactly. So that that's really cool to see. What are your thoughts on this one, Liam? It's a fantastic set. I I, I so I love the Tuscan Raiders. Um, and yeah, they like I love Tatooine. I love like this is this is just me in a brickhead, and I love the detail. It, it really breaks. Although obviously brickheads are three dimensional, they are barely three dimensional. When we look at what we've just had, they're very flat. You know, that's a bit to uh, kind of Maticus's comment on Frodo. They they mm -hmm. kind of lack that extra little bit of depth. But this is this is very. Right, you know, th very three dimensional. Yeah, it breaks it's... that mold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his face looks great. I think those are also the print element. There is like a one by one. It so is. We'll probably... It's not a. Yeah, you'll I thought it was a... a one by four. Yeah, you'll because pro... they use it right here as well. So uh, that's why you'll probably get an extra one of those. That's a great. That'll be a great piece to use. Little detail. But yeah, yeah, no, he looks really, really awesome, and I love, I I love is this brickhead. Have they as well given the old rifle, like the uh, old pirate style rifle? Yes, they yeah. they don't have an official image of the back, but that I think is the the old style rifle. Nice. I think it's so cute that they use accessories that are the same size as a minifigure. But it's I like, know, you know, it's got the gaffy stick that's like could also be held by the minifigure version. Yeah, I do feel sometimes minifig accessories are a bit oversized because it, oh, it looks are. it looks more like right in, in yeah. the uh the brickhead's hand than it does in like a, a normal yeah. tuscan have their gaffy stick be like more way taller than them mm -hmm. what i love about this as well is you could quite easily buy you know what 10 of these and quite and play around with them because every tuscan's kind of cloaks are slightly different you could play around and have a bit of a tuscan camp yes i totally cheaply, agree really if you wanted to, yeah, I really like that. Maybe like the the one that's wearing like the black from Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. But yeah, no, that's an absolutely great looking brickhead set. Super excited oh, that we are getting all these new and specifically because we've been getting a lot of brickheads over the past year, year and a half. But there, it's not a lot of branded and IP'd brickheads. It, it's so many pets. I mean, we've gotten the Spice Girls and then I think... Um, some some Harry Potter has come out recently, but and then Ahsoka and and Obi Wan and Vader, but 
back when Brickheads, I want to say like through like 2017 through 2019, they were doing all sorts of stuff. You had Back to the Future, The Simpsons, Minecraft, Nightmare Before Christmas, The Little Mermaid, Frozen. So it's nice to see them doing more of that again with the Brickheads. I was really hoping that the Spice Girls would set a precedent for uh, music icons. You know, like where is our Elvis Brickhead? Where is, you know, the Beatles? So on yeah. and so forth. We'll see. The Beatles would be a good one. Yes. Absolutely. And they they have, prob- I'm assuming, good relations with their estate and their people because mm-hmm. we've gotten the Yellow Submarine before and the art set. So. <laughs> Um, so, and then kind of switching gears for our final uh, set that we are going to look at today. It is from a movie franchise. It's just not a Brickheads. So after the huge success of the Dom's Dodge Charger, Lego Speed Champions is doing another Fast and Furious car. This one specifically from the second film. And this is the car that Paul Walker drove, uh, the Nissan Skyline GTR. What are our initial thoughts on this one? So... Uh, it's an interesting one because just because of the size and the price of it, it's like, who is this aimed at? Mm. Like something you would say to me, it's aimed at kids, which is cool because, you know, people, we as adults sometimes forget that Lego is made for kids, but a lot of kids won't even know what Fast and Furious is. Certainly the second one, Paul Walker, like they just, is it a bit of a miss or is it essentially just a nice little item? Now I think you've, kind of maybe answered the question there by saying because of the success of the Dom's Charger, if that did well, you would think this would do well. So as a car, I love the Skyline. Like the Skyline growing up was an iconic car for me. Um, So totally get it. Paul Walker, Fast and Furious, but he is my generation. But yeah, it, it is a, it's a nice take on it. It's, you know, it's a nice little tribute to Paul as well, long overdue, but and it's a nice little price, I suppose. I'm really complaining that it's too small and too cheap, but, you know, I shouldn't really complain about that, should I? So now you're you're a Fast and Furious fan. You've, yes. Okay. I know literally nothing about the franchise. So to me, yeah, this same. is just another car. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to relate it to the set that came out earlier this year, the James Bond car, the Aston Martin, I think that set, and I still haven't built it yet, still in my box, I'm procrastinating, but it is incredible that... It's a set that could appeal to adults. Like you said, who's the audience? Are any kids really into 007 right now? Probably not. So, but it makes it an affordable little collectible for adults that like, yeah, you could put that on your shelf and it still, it looks cool. It could be a toy, but it isn't like, it doesn't have to be a toy. And there's also the other thing, when we go back to talking about displays, you've got Dom's Charger and it's like, okay, it's Dom's Charger. But now you have, you know, Dom's Charger and... Now, here's the issue. Dom's Charger and this Skyline were never in the same movie. Mm. So you couldn't technically put them together, but you could put them together. Um, Right. But uh, but yeah, you can make a nice little Fast and Furious. And you know what? You get a Paul Walker minifig. That's good enough for me. Yeah, no, I mean, my pull to like the the um the dom uh, the dodge charger was i want a vin diesel minifig mm. um and i think speed well, Champ- you already have a rocket rack or a, a group <laughs> oh he doesn't count <laughs> um but i think they've really might have found um a really good market here where they can do these movie cars 
mm-hmm. in the speed champions line. Um, I like, I would like to see it's obviously been done before. Uh, two cars have been done before in Lego ideas that I would like to see them redone in speed champions, specifically the back to the future DeLorean and the Ecto one, I think would be really cool to see what the speed champions design team could do to redesign those sets in kind of a modern tone because they would really fit this kind of theme that they're starting for themselves of doing these movie yeah. cars. Um, Cause you still have the, the iconicness of the brand car itself with a lot of these cars. And you also have the movie aspect and then including that minifig of that movie character just adds so much more. I feel like, cause the minifig in a speed champion set, I feel like normally it's just some throwaway thing. You're buying it for the car build, you know? There's so much that they could do with it. I mean, this is where they could do the uh, Knight Rider, what we were talking about. Um, they yeah, could why, do... why don't we have a Knight Rider car? Why don't we have a Knight Rider set? It's ridiculous. And then Owlf. Why don't we have Owlf as a helicopter? Yeah. Like yeah, the the A team they didn't do they made A team minifigs. We have a Mr. T. They could do an A team car van. Yeah, uh, there's so many. I want those, a 1980. Those stickers. They are stickers. Those are stickers. That's going to yeah. be painful to line those up. Oh yeah, Speed Champions is normally super sticker heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even on the cheese slope. Oh no, that's not a cheese slope, but still, even on the small curve slopes. I'm looking at, like, yeah, like, so if you look at the wheel arch and then, like, the quarter panel. That has above, to be. So I think arch, the wheel arch right there has, has to be, to be printed. printed. Okay. It, it has to be. It's the one, the quarter panels either side of it, though. So, mm. it, like, they're just the little blue triangle pieces. You're getting so them lined left. up, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, it'd be fun. But, yeah, no, I think... If this set does well, because the first two, I think, did really well, the 007 car and the, the Dodge Charger, I think we might continue to see these movie-based Speed Champion sets, which is really, really cool. And that, that'll be endless. I mean, you could go Steve McQueen and Bullet, because you, you could almost be driven by the car and then be like, okay, like, let's do th- we want to do this car. Who has driven this car? Exactly. You know, yeah. so... Ryan Gosling in Drive, like with his cool jacket, like that'd be an awesome mini thing. I've never seen Drive, it's and a I, good should, one. I should, I should see one. it. Yeah. Gone in sixty seconds, just for a Nicholas Cage. Mm, you know, I haven't seen Shelby, that one. Shelby GD Mustang, has love to be Nick done. Cage. Let's check it out. That 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 would be a good conversation topic someday. Of like what? Oh, what cars? We could just have a whole pod about that. Honestly. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think that for today is going to just about wrap up our news portion of everything, which brings us to our main topic. It is, of course, (laughs) Obi-Wan. Well, Obi-Wan, you are our only hope. Lord help us all. (laughs) So, Matt, if you want to go ahead and kick us off, we'll just get right into it. So the way we do things is we like to make our guests the main topic, and we just put you on the spot, you know, your big big man in the chat, have a little bit of an interview with you. We're going to ask you some questions. Ethan and I are going to go back and forth. First up, this is something that we ask all of our guests here on Building a Podcast. I know personally, I don't have to ask you this question because I think we already know your answer. And anybody who knows you knows your answer. But I still must ask, 
what is your favorite Lego theme? Um, so yeah, it's, it's friends, Star- right? It's <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's one hundred percent Star Wars for me. Of course, of course, you are pretty much the Star Wars guy. Like it's it's in your name. It's in your name. Oh yeah. So going off of the oh well here why don't you go ahead and ask Ethan? yeah no so this is this is kind of a, a piggyback question and and i'll just get right into it what is your favorite lego set and i'll preface it if it is a star wars set go ahead tell us what that is but then i'm also going to ask you what your favorite non-star wars lego set would be Ooh, that's good so um it is star wars and it's my ucs sand crawler great the, set the star destroyer is brilliant um Having I built it a couple of months ago, and then I thought I'm not going to make that decision yet, as if it's my favorite set. But now I've kind of left it. I'm like, no, it's it's the it's the uh, the sand crawler, and I think that just comes back to I always say this, but I'm more of a Star Wars fan than I am a Lego fan. Like Lego is how I choose to articulate my love of Star Wars. So the the sand crawler just does that for me. I love the Sandcrawler. I love Tatooine. It just, it just absolutely is Star Wars. So is the Star Destroyer, but yeah, I just love the, and I love that it's playable as well. Like by today's standard, that's a Master Builder series set, not a UCS set. Um, but I love that. I love that side of it. Non-Star Wars, are we talking about in my collection or just what's out there? What's out there? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's tough. I didn't. I didn't have an answer either way. Um, <laughs> Stumped I'm, you. <laughs> I'm looking around. Um, oh, would it be? I mean, something like. I mean, the Tower of Orthanc is mm. fantastic. Would the Tower of Orthanc be my favorite? I feel like whatever answer I give in 40 minutes' time, I'll be <laughs> like, no, this one. Um, oh, it's actually that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's. No, no. So what? What am I talking about? See this, the yeah. Ghostbusters fire station, the Ghostbusters oh. fire station. Yeah, no. That I, I wish I could get that set. I that want. is number one. One of my biggest regrets is not getting that set. Yeah, there is one for sale near me, and it's been for sale for about a year. Just sat there for five hundred pound, and I'm like, no, no. Do it. Do, I know, do it. I know. <laughs> I know. One day. Maybe. Maybe. So moving on. Do you remember like what drew you to Lego? How did you become a Lego fan? Uh, so I had like kind of three stages of Lego. As a child, I can't remember not having Lego. And I, th- I think it always goes back to that. Like Lego was like, it was the thing I love building on my own. It was always like my treat, you know, it was, you know, like when you get a present or a gift mm-hmm. from with, for no reason, like oh, I've bought you this. So I, I always kind of have that association with it. Love building it, love kind of smashing it up and then rebuilding <laughs> it. I had pirates and I had castle as a kid, like the franchises didn't exist. We didn't have star Wars and all that. Um, Cause I'm old. And then, um, and God, then, I remember those days. <laughs> and then kind of as a, a kind of we talking about beforehand um my brother's 22 year old so he grew up like a lot of you guys and a lot of people that we interact with on a daily basis grew up with the prequels the clone wars and all that so we kind of watched that with him and loved that and then because i loved lego kind of saw i bought him lego and again we built and played with it together he then kind of grew up and then i just kind of moved away as he moved away 
from it. And then, yeah, come back, you know, um, I always wanted to have like this, like a Lego man cave and wanted to wait until I'd bought my house and all of that. And then, so we bought this house in 2017, got engaged in 2018. Well, sorry, we got engaged in 2017, married in 2019, had our honeymoon when we came to America. And then we planned like a second honeymoon for May 2020, where we're going to Mauritius. And uh, it got cancelled because of COVID. So we got like a sizable refund that was kind of in my head. This is how I work. was already spent. So I was like, that's, that's like free money. So took that as an opportunity to just kind of start investing and start picking things up. Fortunately, got in kind of before the boom and got some decent pieces. Stuff that, some stuff that I sort of, like moved on and wish I hadn't moved on because some of it would be worth an absolute fortune now, but it is, it is the way. Um, and then, yeah, just like, it's that thing for me. It's, you know, it, it'll, it'll always come back to, um, it's a great way to like articulate my love of Star Wars, but then it, it, there's always that childhood nostalgia part of it that, you know, even like I've been to Tesco at night. So Tesco is one of our shopping supermarkets. And, you know, whenever we go in, the first thing I do is turn right and then go right. And then down there is the magazine aisle. So I always look at the Lego magazines and then straight after it is the toy aisle. And I'll always just go down and my wife, like to the point where my wife doesn't even question it anymore. <laughs> she knows where we're going. I think the women in all of our lives know uh, just when there's Lego and the, they know, they know that when there's Lego in the store, like we're going there every time we go to Target. It's like, yep, you know, you go ahead and do your Lego thing. <laughs> and, we, and we love them for it. And we oh, do. Yes. They really do support us. And what would we do without them? Exactly. Yeah. So I want to kind of narrow back into you mm -hmm. growing up with Lego as a as a, a child. Is there any like standout moments with Lego that you have um, from your childhood? Um, I, I kind of have probably more like standout memories. So I always remember like having the really cool castle with that base plate that's worth a fortune now. Mm -hmm. Um, always loved that. Uh, I had a really cool big like so i had the big pirate ship from the early 90s probably i would oh, see yeah. um had the that, ship of that dreams yeah that was fantastic and then I, I always remember i had like the blue it wasn't the pirates but it was like the blue the, I, I always kind of st saw them as the french the imperial the imperial guards yes yeah so right. i had like their big ship and i just remember like we had a big dining room I didn't have a dining room table. So like it was just an empty room and that was just my playroom and just awesome. pushing these ships all over and smashing them into each other. And yeah. That's awesome. Don't you wish you hadn't smashed them together quite so much? Cause those are, they're worth a fortune now. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, I wish more that my mum hadn't give the bucket of Lego away with all yeah. of them. Oof. A common story that you know plagues many. Mom, <laughs> it's always the mothers. Oh always. yes. Did you ever have like a dark age, like specifically, like when were you? I guess you know. Did you grow out of Lego for a little bit and get back into it? Like, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as a kid, I was very kind of active. Did a lot of things. Played football, so soccer to you guys on a weekend. So um, I would kind of move on from things. Like once I'd stopped 
I'd move on. I'd, I've always kind of played video games. Um, so just kind of as I put Lego down, I quickly picked something else up and that would be forgotten about. And it wasn't that I'd kind of made a decision. It just stopped stop playing with it you know and, and never went back to it and it's that thing where it went from being in the corner of my bedroom to up in the loft or the attic and like from there it's it's quickly forgotten about and then i can't i, I mean i can't remember exactly how old i was i'd probably see about 10 11 year old and then and then yeah that was probably for about 10 years until ultimately my brother was born and he was at any age to start playing with lego and then i saw him as an opportunity to be like ah I can buy all these Star Wars sets that didn't exist when I was a kid. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Incredible. That's that's a great moment for many of us adult collectors. Absolutely. He just yep. uh, he just he he liked sitting watching me build it, but he then didn't like it when he then wasn't allowed to play with <laughs> his own Lego. Of course. Who likes that moment, right? Exactly. Um. So this is kind of a different question. We don't normally kind of delve but we're gonna go a little bit away from lego um tell us about your relationship with star wars what makes you such a big star wars fan uh well a, a little bit like lego like i can't remember a time when i hadn't seen star wars so it was just uh, like as a child it's it's a magical thing isn't it it's brilliant i've always liked fantasy and sci-fi um so yeah it was always like just something I liked. I can't remember not liking it. And then again, like when I grew up, Star Wars was done. We'd had the original trilogy. There was no talk of anything. And then I was 14 when The Phantom Menace came out. And I remember the hype for it. I remember going to the cinema to see it and absolutely loved it. Um, and then attack of the clones was like i have no idea what's going on here and it wasn't even like the cinematography of it because at the time like that was peak cgi it's obviously mm -hmm. just it's come a long way since but like i was like who's sifo deus I, I is is christopher lee sifo deus like is that because mm. in my head he had three names he was count dooku sifo deus and darth tyrannus and i'm like who's who's who here i don't really understand what's going on and then I remember going to see uh, Revenge of the Sith and yeah, just the dialogue was, it was just so wooden and awful. And, and But I'm at that age where you kind of think you know better, you know, <laughs> so like you think you know more. So what was that, like 2003? So I would have been, was it 2003? I think Revenge, Revenge, of, the of, the Revenge of the Sith was like either 2004 or 2005. Yeah, it was 2005, that's right, because this yeah. year, 2002, was Attack, of, Attack the of the Clones, yeah. So, yeah. like, 2005, I'm, like, 20 year old. So, like, yeah, like, who can tell a 20-year-old anything? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was one of those. And then I kind of learned to love it over the years. Um, but, yeah, like, really enjoyed it. Just, like, but I, I always loved The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace has always been my favourite prequel film because, probably because I saw it when I was 14, whereas I saw... Attack of the Clones when I was 17, where you really can't tell a 17-year-old anything. And it's, it, it's kind of, it all loops back to that, like kind of my impression back then. But I, I do enjoy all of the films now. And then, yeah, like we're in the golden age of Star Wars or we're, we're just kind of kicking it off. But just, I, I, 
I can't kind of specifically say what it is, but I've always loved it. And I love like deep lore. I think that's one of the things I love about Lord of the Rings. I love like how deep you can really go on that. Um, and it just keep, like it, we just keep getting more and more. And I love just kind of locking myself away and be like, right, I need to know more about this. I need to know more about that. And that's one thing that I really love. I, there, there is literally an answer for any question you would raise. Mm. I agree. I, I, I really love the lo- the world building and the lore aspects of Star Wars as well. It's just so much can make so many connections to so many different things and it's it's just really great learning new stuff, watching weird to learn. theory videos and <laughs> stuff like that. Hey, read a book, you know, go to the bookstore, pick up a book and mm-hmm. there's always something to read about within the Star Wars realm. It's like incredible. You could spend your lifetime and and not know it all. Yeah. It's crazy. I think right now it's I, I I just think they need to kind of be a little bit more strategic on the, because mm-hmm. they they have so many forms of media and essentially everything they release now is canon, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I love that they kind of see and you kind of got to go over here if you want to learn more about this part of the story. So War of the Bounty Hunters, for example, they're constantly mm. releasing books, especially in the prequel age. So go and read these books. You've then got Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor coming out, and you're like, well, they are canon. So if you want to learn more about I love that. But it's when they start kind of tinkering with those things and they, you know, the poor term retconning like parts of people's stories. And because I think what that does is it it takes away the confidence to go and go that extra mile and read the comics and read the books if they are then retconning stuff. And I I know with Tales of the Jedi, there was a slight suspicion that they'd done it with the Ahsoka story, but then we've been told that whilst we haven't been given a clear answer as to why, we've also been told not to worry, it hasn't been recorded. But we they did it with the Bad Batch and Kian and Jarrus' story. So, yeah, it's, it's just, I hope they don't, I hope they kind of get that right, and I hope it's just correcting a few pieces, shuffling a few kind of pawns into place before they really get down the road. But there's, yeah, there's there's so much they can tell. These are all really great points. I think about this a lot, Matt, I guess. <laughs> Listen, you, yeah, you're the guy. I always I see your videos. You're just always coming up with something. It's, you know, I think that once you really love something like that, it's always in your mind. Like for us, we're always thinking about Lego. We're always thinking about, you know, Star Wars or in my case, you know, Lord of the Rings or whatever it is that you're interested in. It's always there. It is. It is. It it can be a bit of a hindrance at times because oh. I can lie there, you know, one a.m. in the morning thinking like, "Oh, why, who was that? Like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was going through Sifo-Dyas's head like at this time? When... Who, who is Sifo-Dyas? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so now, uh... Uh, going in a different direction, how did you get started as a content creator? Uh, so, well... That's the question, isn't it? Um, so I, I, you know, pandemic again is to blame. Yep. My wife was like, oh, you've got to download TikTok and like, it's so funny and you need to watch this app and everything. And I'm like, whatever. So watched it. And it's it's funny, isn't it? How like two different people in the same household can be on the same app and go down very different roads. It, In some way, it's the beauty of the algorithm although we curse the algorithm so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of had all the generic stuff and the dancing and some of the trends and, you know, really getting the feel for it. 
And I suppose I kind of started to get bored of it. And then I bumped into, I always say this, I, I, Matt Mellish was probably the first Lego TikToker that I found, but I didn't follow him because all I would ever see was the dance. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I was like, I don't really understand what this is, but okay. Um, but then um, I followed um, Darth Choco. Oh, yeah. um, so like that was it for me and Connor Fahey so Jedi Connor as he goes by now so those two were like I love the, the the Star Wars lore and I I kind of almost became like that sort of content creator but when I heard those guys speak and I didn't have access to the source material that I would have today I just thought no and I you would see that comment section and I, I'm going nowhere near that and then I think um so cool guy dom was like the first lego creator i followed and then as i engaged dom i then started seeing more of matt mellish's content like his actual content and i'd be like ah okay so he doesn't just dance to like to the (laughs) mat dance and all that and then i would always remember seeing his actor island and thinking that's like mega impressive um and then just you know you know what it's like you go down the rabbit hole and then i don't know tiktok has this ability to just give you the confidence and ease to pick up the phone, especially back then, to pick up the phone and kind of see what you've got to see. So I started collecting a bit of Lego and then I just started like, without showing my face, just showing what had kind of come in the door that week. And then I started to flip a bit of Lego so I would use it to promote my eBay. Um, And then I always remember I I bought like a mega haul of stuff. So like my Death Star, I got a gunship, I got probably about a thousand pounds worth of lego for like 200 pounds um but the gunship and like the z95 headhunter they were they were glued so i was i was like no like this is so i I ended up giving them away because it was about this time of year so i gave them away to a family with like three boys because i thought well you know they're still very playable They've got a gunship and they don't have to worry about breaking these things. So I gave them away and I did a little video on that. And people were like, How why are you giving them away? So then I did like my face reveal just basically to explain that they're glued, but actually, you know, so they've got no place in my collection, but you know, I can pass them on to somebody who can actually use them. And then just from there, like that seemed to go all right. And then I just I always intended to use it to promote like what I was flipping more than anything else then i just start keeping stuff and building me building my collection out more and more and more um and then i suppose i got lucky as well like there's a lot of lego creators out there right now and a lot of people kind of continue to come on board and i was just around for that initial wave and that initial age where all of this was brand new on tiktok and we were able to kind of really sweep people up yeah, that initial wave was awesome. <laughs> I remember it. I was like towards the end of kind of when like you came in. I think you were around before I was. Yeah, so I I was like October 2020 was like my yeah. first Lego TikTok. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Crazy it how is. it went. Because I, I remember when we first met Maticus was yep. when I did the, me and Jack the Lego lad, who everybody yes, thought did. I was his dad. I we did the, the I mock contest. <laughs> and uh, That was so fun. It was, other than the Chewy Bricks drama. But, oh, um, other than Chewy Bricks in general. I did one of his mock contests. Jeez, oh, I like to think of that dark time. <laughs> Those were the dark ages. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I knew, like, anything, because I'm I'm very new in terms of, I'm only, I was late 2021, so. Mm. 
I was early. Oh, You've had a big year then, Brickshaw. You really have. Yes. I I grew very fast. I started in August of 2021 and it blew up very quickly. It was was, was TikTok your first uh platform or had you come across the TikTok from elsewhere? Uh so I had done I had done Brick Chef like I tried to do it prior and it was initially like just long form YouTube videos and I did it for like a little bit and then I just stopped doing it like very fast. I think I was probably like start of the pandemic, like 2020 that I tried it. And then I just stopped doing it. And then um, I had a roommate move in with us um, like just a couple months prior to me starting. And he was like, man, you should like, he was doing his Google SEO certification. Um mm-hmm. And he was seeing how much money Google was investing into YouTube shorts at the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he was like, man, with all these Legos, like you could do some type of like short form content with all this. And I could like help you out with all of the analytics side of everything. So we initially were only going to do YouTube shorts. And we realized that like we should, if we're going to make these short videos, might as well like post them on TikTok too. And then TikTok just like, we were, didn't expect it, but out of nowhere, like within like two or three videos, we were like getting 10,000 views and like at a thousand followers. And we were like, oh, okay. So maybe this is worth like continuing to like do use as an endeavor. And now it's where it is. And it's in a fantastic place. You have such a, a rhythm and a model going on now. It just. Yeah, that was the, the like the first thing. I equated it to like, cause I, my initial, I watched a, I watched a lot of long form YouTube, but when I first got into like short form video content, I was watching a lot of cooking stuff. Um, cause mm. I do like to cook a lot and I've had a lot of, a lot of my job experiences in kitchens and stuff. So that's where the whole brick chef thing came from. And the first thing I was like, all those, all those cooking videos have like rhythmic like it's ri- very rhythmic about everything. We we need to have something rhythmic about our videos. And that's like where the box slam cut and pour came from. Cause I was like, cooking videos always have like something like this. I was like, we need to have something like this. It gets people's attention. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it was, it's really, yeah, it was really about finding that. I feel like that's the main thing with people is having, having some type of, of like, blueprint for what you're doing and mm-hmm. keeping to it so people recognize it absolutely i mean it's like it's like your brand isn't it like i i could watch one of your videos and know it was yeah and it's not on your channel i mean your voice is so iconic as well now it, so but i would absolutely pull out that video and be like yeah that's it that's a brick chat video yeah thank you well, I, I really... was, like for me i i get bored of my content first so like i can't stick to anything for more than like two weeks and then i'm like no i'm bored of this and people like no we we want like the custom minifigures again oh no yeah those were great i love that series so i know it's a big part of my success and a big part of my growth like i i'm on like ninety thousand now and realistically if i'd stuck with them i'd be well over a hundred thousand but i just thought is like is that who i want to be no. And I feel it's always- like it, it really depends because I feel like, I don't know, I, I'd like to dog myself a lot because I don't put my video, 
my videos, I feel like do very much ride on my format. And then obviously whatever Lego set I'm reviewing with you though, Liam, I feel like you're very, you're very personality driven. So like people will watch whatever it is that you're trying to do for you and the personality that you, I feel like have established. So I feel like you have that kind of advantage for sure. I, I, I know what you're saying and I certainly appreciate it. I do. I, I do know what you mean. And that's something that was always important to me that it's kind of like I'm me and I'm talking about Lego and this and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I, I and that's important for me to have that. And I feel like I get more of that across on Instagram where I can use stories and Q and E and we can have a bit more kind of a candid talk. But I'm always wary of doing that on TikTok because you're just like, is this going to absolutely flop? Um, but yeah, it is nice to, to kind of bring out me and it is nice when people do engage with when you are just being you absolutely and you've had a lot of success with that for sure you've inspired me a lot you know you're like my go-to instagram guru because you listen yeah you figured out how to grow well yeah i mean instagram is it's a it's a funny one instagram um i mean i've shrunk a little bit so i was i hit 25 key in the summer so it was when i was out in vegas i hit 25k but to be honest i kind of lost my mojo just generally since then like new job and all that and it flattened me a little bit um and i what doesn't happen on tiktok is you you don't decline nobody seems to unfollow you on tiktok not in the masses whereas instagram people unfollow you um and i can't decide whether it's people are like oh why did i follow this guy i don't i don't like him or they just kind of go in and be like, oh, who's this guy I followed? Like, I, I don't know. So I, 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 you don't really get that insight. But yeah, I've, I've kind of dripped down and since the summer I've lost like a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. But I'm nowhere near as active on there as, as I was. Um, and I'd like to be, and that was kind of part of me kind of bringing the OP-verse to an end because of how much, I mean, you guys know now how much energy <laughs> that these things take. And I was on my own and, you know, all of that. But um but yeah, I just thought, you know, to make that sustainable, to make OP1 sustainable, I need to kind of pick out the bits that I want to do and the bits that I can do and really just focus in on those and trim the fat, essentially. Great. Yeah, that's what it's really about. And I think you've kind of covered our, our we were going to, our next question was kind of what kind of content you focus on, but you've really right. kind of covered that. So let's more how do you go about making a video so once Mm -hmm. you come up with the idea i mean even how you come up with ideas and then once you have the idea how you go about executing it and making it work in a way that you like um so it depends on the video because i don't have that style um i do like i i really love your review videos and i love the style of it um i've done a couple of videos kind of a similar where it's just like that linear format. And it's it's interesting because I would say they are less about me, more about the set. And they they have, I would say they're more consistent in views and likes mm. than kind of my regular content. Sometimes, um, I suppose kind of in the golden age of Lego TikTok, if we call it that, there were so many trends around and it was easy to just kind of like jump on a trend and be like, yeah. Oh, let's do it. And you know, things outside of Lego and you think, Oh, I can, I can be the one that brings that in. But it, it feels like that side of TikTok is really moving away. And now I don't really see the trend side of it anymore. And trending yeah. sounds. 
So that, I think that's why I've struggled a bit because I wouldn't say it's like cheap content, but it's it's kind of offered to you on a plate. And it's, it's still up to you to be creative with it and how you present it. But it, there's kind of less of that around. Um, but then there's other things as well. You know, I, I like kind of contradicting people, but like in a, in a debatable way, not like in a being argumentative, just like, oh, well, you've said this, but actually I think this. And I, I like that side of it. But I, I don't know. I just feel like the the energy out there is a bit low at the minute, and not like not in a negative way. I just think everybody's just a little bit burnt out, and it, there's, mm-hmm. there's there's kind of little to feed off a little bit. And I, I've kind of recognised that in myself, and just think, look, take it easy. You know, Matt, you and I have talked about this. It's just the day that you realise that you don't have to put a video out every day, or you can wait a week, or you can wait a month. That that day is such a day. And I suppose my only concern is. Do I do I do you get to a point where you just walk away and you think yeah. I'll I'll do a you know I'll do a video in a couple of weeks um, and you never do but yeah I take I take inspiration from like all sorts of places just kind of whatever videos I see because my FYP is not Lego related at all or Star Wars like I I barely see anybody I follow in that on the FYP. So sometimes I like favorite a video and be like, oh, I can either take inspiration from that, I can use that sound, or you know, something will pop up. It's it's one of those things though that take the new sets, for example. I don't like talking about like new sets because whenever new sets come out, Lego Talk is just flooded with them. It's like the advent right. calendars essentially. And it's just I don't want to add to that noise. <laughs> and I, I'm sure bit like what you said there there are people out there who are like oh well i wouldn't mind actually getting your take on it but i'm bored of that content before yeah. i even get to get to make the video so that's why i'm struggling a little bit yeah no i mean i think tiktok is in a weird kind of turning point i mean for me personally i'm at a point where i'm i'm just about ready to to move and make my main platform be instagram as i just find it a, a much better platform I, it supports its creators much more I just feel like it's managed much better. Does that not here? We don't get because you guys get paid rails, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't get not that. all of us. Yeah, and it's and it's still <laughs> it varies. It still exclusive, but I do just yeah. find in general that the Instagram algorithm is just better. I mean, like you said, an Instagram you do really don't need to upload daily. I mean, no. Instagram. Yep. I mean, whenever you want, if your content's good enough, you can do daily, but I mean, it's more just like do it as you please kind of every couple days. I mean, as long as your content is good, it feels like it performs on, on Instagram. And I I was talking to Matt about this earlier. TikTok is literally made to not show your followers, your videos. There's a following page and there's the for you page and the TikTok wants you. I mean, half the time you open the app, you're already on the for you page, not following, but then it still wants you to swipe over onto your for you page. And in my ideal world, you're free. There wouldn't be a following page. Get rid of that. And TikTok naturally put in who you follow into your for you page. That way Mm -hmm. you're getting a mix of stuff that you haven't seen and that the algorithm thinks you're like, but you're also still seeing the stuff that you asked to see originally when you decided to follow the creator. I mean, cause TikTok's great for going viral. Like it's the huts, it's whole gimmick. But once you've gotten your audience and have a community, it's like, screw you. I'm, we're not going to show your followers, your videos, literally even like, And it's Instagram, it does. I mean, your your followers see your posts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. When you follow somebody, you can expect to start seeing their stuff in your in your feed. So, 
And I think as well, like TikTok, and I, I don't know how much we get this in our own head, but I do think there's something to it. Like TikTok, there is a finite window to post, but it's never truly clear when that is. Whereas Instagram Reels, like I could wake up at three o'clock in the morning to go and get a drink of water, just go, ah, oh, I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the button. <laughs> and then I could wake up in the morning and it'll have like a thousand views. All right, okay. Then get on with my day, check it at the end of the day, and it's got another thousand. But then I'll check it in a day and it's got another two or three. And it just, it seems a lot more of a slower, consistent burn. Yeah. No, so I'll say personally, just recently, I posted my Eiffel Tower review on TikTok and Instagram at the same time. And with big sets like that, I do, I, I expect a good and nice outcome. I mean, I put effort in and I spend a lot of, a lot of money on a big set like that. Um, within 24 hours, the video on TikTok had hit a million. Um, and then it didn't hit a million on Instagram until like a whole 24 hours later. And now it has surpassed the amount of views that it had on TikTok on Instagram. TikTok, you sort of hit a plateau with your videos at a certain point. And that's within the first day of posting. I hardly ever see TikTok videos accrue more views like later after that initial time of posting. Oh, see, I... I have a video now that's from September that just keeps doing this. And I'm like, I don't care about that video anymore. Please stop sharing. Pushing it. Share share these. It's a a weird one. It's so Um, hard. But yeah, it's kind of on my content just to kind of round that bit off. But Mm -hmm. I thinking about like where I go next. So I really enjoy obviously being in the UK. We have the ability to do this where you guys, it would cost you a fortune and probably never be attainable. But we have like 19 Lego stores in the UK. We've got the Lego passports and I'm trying to get around as many as them I can. I really enjoy making the vlogs and just showing off at all the different Lego stores and getting those stamps because people always ask, oh, like, what's that? So I like that side of it. I would then also like to do, and I did toy with doing this at Comic Con that we went to a couple of months ago, but didn't really get around to it. Um, but I would like to do a bit more like interviewing style with people like, and I take January 1st, for example, you know, that will be the Lego store queues will be rammed. Mm-hmm. People will be there. Even if I'm not buying, like just go to the queue with a phone or a camera and a microphone and be like, and just ask questions, but like, you know, what's your favorite Lego theme? What, or what is not, what's your favorite? Like, what is the best Lego theme? And just kind of capture people's answers in a short form. So I think there's like different ways to play around with it, that, and it, um, it, it would seem to do well at the minute. But uh, yeah, just just kind of being a bit more bodacious with it all, really. Yeah. But I'll probably get bored of that after two weeks <laughs> and then be like, right, what's next? We have a good audience question. Um, do you make, from Brick Pursuit, do you make different content between the two platforms or is it the same on both? I make the same. So um, I would, but not everything, not 100% of my TikToks make it to Reels. I've made some content like kind of offline. So my my Lego passport vlogs, for example, I'll, I'll create them on my camera app, on my camera roll, use CapCut, stitch it all together, and then post on both. But then I will, obviously, because Instagram has the ability to post a picture. We forget about that sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes a picture yep. is better than a thousand words. Um, so I'll post a nice picture sometimes. Um, and then there's some 
TikTok stuff, I, what I don't think Instagram Reels really likes is the conversational stuff or like where you're just talking to a camera and you're giving your thoughts and opinions on stuff. That that stuff doesn't kind of see, really seem to work. So there is, if we have a, like a Venn diagram, there is an overlap, but there is probably as much outside of that overlap as there is inside of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great insight. Stories are great on Instagram, though. That's where you do your talking and get your thoughts out. Yeah. Yeah. And there is definitely a correlation with if you're active on stories, especially if you've got like a poll or like a sliding bar, if people are interacting with your stories, it pushes your stories more to to your viewers. And the more people engage with that, it starts pushing reels again as well. So like my, I wake up in the morning at the minute, I haven't really posted a reel for a couple of weeks. So when I've been waking up in the morning, my like count will be something like 20, 30 likes overnight. But then I did a bit of activity earlier this week, um, basically with all the new sets coming out and be like, what's our thoughts on this? And obviously they get a lot of engagement in stories, woke up the next day and straight away that like 100 like maximum had come up. And when you go in, you can see there's been a lot more than 100 likes, some followers, some comments and stuff on old content. So yeah, there's definitely a, it's it's a different strategy. Absolutely. So, all right. Do you have this is really the spicy question. Oh. Actually, I think I'm I'm skipping one, but we'll have to come back because I've started to feed into this. Do you have any controversial Lego or Star Wars opinions? Controversial Star Wars opinions or Lego opinions? Either or. So, Lego, I would say no. Um I don't really think there are any controversial Lego opinions. Like I just think like it's it's so it's so much of a spectrum, Lego, that you're always going to get different opinions. I think probably the my controversial opinion is people who think their opinion is right. Uh, <laughs> basically, I wouldn't say the word, but like right. yeah, but I think that's true of anything. I think people sometimes like Lego, particularly ear falls, yeah. like they they think that they're like take that speed champion set for earlier they're like oh that's rubbish like why but it's not for you it's, it's a 30 dollar, 25 pound set you know it's these sets are for they're not for not every set is made for an earfall to kind of go on a shelf some exactly. goes for play so <laughs> apparently i did have an opinion <laughs> apparently i did have an opinion on that one star wars probably got loads um but again i'm quite chill about them i suppose i don't know if it's controversial but i do think um Andor is the best, um, and certainly will be when it's done, the best Star Wars TV show. And I I don't know where it ranks, and I'll rank it when it's done, when all five series are done, in the kind of all-time project list. But it, I think it's going to be top three for me. I mean, you know, I don't think that's controversial at all. Um, I think that's I think- just correct. Um, but... I think my thoughts on Andor are probably more controversial. I'm really glad you brought it up because I'd love, I've been really, really interested to discuss Andor with you. I'll bring it up then. What do you want to talk about? I just see that everybody is really like losing their minds over this show. And I think it is good. Listen, I've really enjoyed certain moments of it. I just think it's such a departure from a lot of what we've been used to with Star Wars that it's just taking time to sink in. Um, I think that there are long stretches of Andor that are just very boring and just not Maybe not very boring. That might be a little bit harsh. But when I look back, there are certain like standout moments. Like there's episode six, there's episode 10, uh, Mm -hmm. and there's episode 12. And these are just like so phenomenal, like 
moments for Star Wars that it's just so much of it is like, okay, I really had to be sitting and paying attention way more than I would for other Star Wars content. And that's so I agree with everything you said, and that's why I love it. I think if you took the Star Wars badge off it, put it on Netflix, it'd be one of those things people would be saying, Have you watched Andor? You've got to watch Andor, it's the hot new show. Um, I think personally. I can't. I, I want to get as far away from the Skywalker saga as possible, and I like that. Although this is attached to the Skywalker saga, it's not. Yes. And there were people like there was a slight rumor after Kenobi that Anakin, well, Hayden was going to show up as as Vader. I was like, please don't do that. And that's one thing I love. There are no cameos for the sake of cameos. I love that we're getting the ISB. I lo- basically the way I feel about it is it's given like you and I's perspective if, yeah. if we lived in the Star Wars universe no kind of force nonsense no lightsabers and all that because essentially Darth Vader was one guy in a whole galaxy like what are the chances you'd bump into that guy and well, he was a him? legend like some people really didn't even believe yeah. he existed exactly yeah and you know he just it, so to see all of that like you know you, you just th- that was just a kind of a very thin narrative within within that kind of universe whereas what we're seeing is actually what people lived and experienced now there is a bit of a narrative with kind of probably what the world is experiencing right now that is just kind of a coincidence i think obviously this has been it's just good or bad timing depending on which way you feel on it but i feel like it just offers a bit more empathy towards kind of what's going on there but yeah i really like it and i do think as as i see if this wasn't a Star Wars series, this would absolutely be the sort of thing I watched. Um, but again, a bit like the Lego stuff, we're getting so much Star Wars content now. A bit like the Marvel stuff, not everything is going to be for everyone. That, And I think because we've grown up with so little content, yeah, they've had to kind of make everything for everyone, which has probably made things a little bit more kind of diluted. Whereas now... They can go hard in on like we want to make this side, sort of content for this kind of audience. It's so I'll say because I think that um, I think a lot of people would agree with you, Matt, too. And and it's definitely very different for Star Wars. And I think the th- sort of thing with these Disney Plus shows thus far is that with Marvel and, and Star Wars, what you're used to with Marvel is a movie and the pacing of a movie right. is obviously going to be much different than the pacing right. of a TV show. Same with star Wars. All we've ever received from star Wars is movies and then a children's television show, which again, and as, as adult that the clone wars can get, it's still at its core, a children's television show, which will not have the same pacing as a normal drama show. And then you right. have Andor, which is like clearly the first time that they're like Mandalorian, I think is very good but they're still trying to capture that movie-esque pacing. Whereas Andor is the first time there. Andor to me feels like a drama TV show. It doesn't feel like a Star Wars show. It reminds me of something akin to like The Wire or, or Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, something like that, where it takes its time with, with what it's trying to do. It really, it's a very using the word human with star Wars feels funny, but it's a very human story. They're telling very base level stories about these characters that don't have some big implication on like the grand 
of everything, but it's like this civilian like window into how Star Wars is and it it lends itself to a drama show much more than something like The Mandalorian where it's like lots of big things happening constantly. So like like the prison arc is amazing. Oh, yeah. I think all three of those episodes are just it's some of the best TV period that I've seen in a long time. If I can amend what I, I said to sort of like pin it down to, I guess what my main gripe with Andor is, is that I, I get it. This is a very serious time in the story, but it's very, it's largely humorless. And I think that that's the piece that is, that is, I'm finding it harder to watch than, you know, the Mandalorian is more of like a t is still a tv show we have like you said a lot of this like action but there's it's there's funny there's there's comedy there's moments of humor and i think andor is just it's a lot of just like it's very down there's not a lot of comic relief yeah, um, it is the dark time yeah and i feel like that's very empire. much what they want because i mean i you, know you have to deal with the fact that cassian doesn't know but we all know he'll be dead in like literally irony. just a couple mm -hmm. just a couple years Right. And and also too the fact that he he doesn't have any idea he's he was building what's going to kill him in literally like yeah he had no idea. So it's like you they that's like something that's looming over the show the whole time obviously like this is a show centered around a dead character like somebody yeah. that you know is going to die. And it's, I I don't I just they I don't think they're trying to I mean even Obviously, Rogue One has its 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 humor in it, but it even that one's a very it's a that's a dark it's a has a sad ending. All the characters that you get to love throughout that movie, they're all dead at the end. They none of yes. them make it out. And I'm very excited to see when K2SO comes into the fold because he's a very funny character. He, you know, he's <laughs> sarcastic in a lot of ways, but I'm very much looking forward to him maybe at least providing a little bit of like levity in this whole thing. And I do think that the second season will probably be darker. So his humor is going to be necessary because as okay. we get closer to Cassian's death, I feel like it's going to be harder to keep things cheery and, and have a good tone. So yeah, I mean, K2S. So I, I know the creator has come out and said that that's like their first responsibility with the second season is they have to establish K2SO. And I think that's the important thing overall. It's, it's, like everybody is going to have a slightly nuanced opinion on this to the point where it creates a spectrum of, of opinions, but we're a season in. And so you, you mentioned Breaking Bad. I gave up on Breaking Bad after the first season, I, I but I don't worry. I'm going to go back and watch it. So I, so the problem was I tried to watch it when it had finished, but it was at the peak of its hype. And I don't like hype. Because then it's just like, oh, like this isn't, yeah. it, it, like it's just not matching up to. And everybody says you've just kind of got to get through the first series and then it really gets good. So I feel like I'm at a point now where it's like, right, okay, now is the time to go back to it. My wife has seen it before we got together and she was like, yeah, yeah, like I'll re watch that. So I'm kind of there with it now. But, um, but yeah, I think when it's all said and done, that's really the time to judge it. And then you compare it. You know, this and The Mandalorian are very different things. Um, and you even compare it like the Kenobi series. You touched on it there. Like we know what the inevitability is of Andor, but we kind of know what the inevitability was of Kenobi and Vader. And although there were some brilliant moments in it, that show, like I didn't have a lot of expectation for it because I, I, prob I actually didn't really want that show because I was just like, it, it, the, the story 
what is that to see? Like, there is no sense of like peril there because we know where you both end up. But, um, but yeah, although that is true of Andor, the the world that they brought in around them, like the prison scenes and everything, like it was so much more. Yes, it all revolves around Andor, but there are a lot of faces there that we just don't know. So, yeah, I love Andor. Yeah, yeah, that's bound a whole discussion within itself. Um, we really could. <laughs> thanks for sharing your thoughts. I mean, I really could just like dive into all of that, uh, you know, for, for even a whole episode. Yes. Um, Very quickly, uh, did you guys see the Bad Batch 2 trailer yet? Because I was really not. I have no. not watched it yet. I know it's out. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm very excited because I love the bad. I really, really liked that show. I I kick myself because I am I'm super big into Star Wars, like like you, uh, Liam, and I'm very much like I have to know like all the lore aspects. And I have to like know what's happening and what happens next. But man, for the life of me, I cannot keep up with the anime. Like I know what like I haven't watched all of the Bad Batch season one. I know what happens in it, and I know yeah. what all the plot mm-hmm. points. But for the life of me, I can never. I can never keep up with the animated shows when they come out week by week. I always just like get behind. I don't know what it is yeah. about. I think they're tough to watch week on week. I think the animated stuff should just be a season drop or even like three or four episodes at a time. Yeah. Just because not every episode, like if you did that with Andor, imagine binge watching the whole series of Andor. You'd be, you'd be you'd exhausted. To to yeah. You'd need to like, Go just go for a walk with no like for a long time. Whereas and maybe that's you, why I don't like Andor all that much. I binged it. I didn't watch it. Week to week. Yeah, it really, you really have to watch <laughs> it and like ha- let each episode sit with you and like yeah. and really yeah. just like absorb what happened each like, episode. And I'm looking back, and each story arc is just a big blur. Like you know, it's all one. Yeah. So I I, I would probably see it two episodes max at a day. And then go from that. But yeah, I think with the animated stuff, there are a lot of episodes, and this is true probably across all of the animated series. There are some episodes where you're just like, yeah, I, I don't really know what the value of that was, and maybe it'll pay off later. But if, but for that reason, I do think they could do more like batch uploads, and I think that would actually lend to its credit. Now, obviously, we're going off a what a two or three minute trailer, but it does look like there's more intent in the series. Um, it looks like it's got a bit more direction, probably a bit more of what we expected from the first series. And there is a nice little moment where it looks like uh, Crosshair is talking to Cody. I think it's Cody. Um, yeah, Cody, I'm pretty sure, is pr- like confirmed for this season. Yeah, which will be cool if it's yeah, like, to, see to Cody see. come back. I wonder how yeah. horrible Cody is because I always. Well, so co- there. It, obviously, this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer, but. Um, there's just a moment where he's talking across her and he basically mentions that a lot of the clones are starting to question like their strength and loyalty to the empire. Like, are we doing the right thing? And Crosshair's response is, so they're traitors then. And like, it's like, oh, okay. So we might get that, that kind of turn up here off of Cody. We'll see. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I have to go watch that trailer after this. (laughs) So I think, we're gonna. I'll, we'll bring it back to Lego. I think we have probably three good more questions until we get to our speed round. So bringing it kind of back into the Lego realm of things, as a Lego collector, what is your holy grail Lego set, and um, the one that you most wished you had in your collection? UCS Slave One, hands down, no mm. question about it. Don't don't get it out, Marcus. 
I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. <laughs> that's that's fine. Leave it where it is. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those as well that it do, it doesn't seem to go up in value that much, and maybe it does like, but very gradually. So every time you see it, it still feels attainable. But for that reason, I haven't pulled the trigger on it because I always just think there's always like there'll always be another one. But I feel like that those opportunities are running out, and it is one of those few sets that I would love to have sealed in box just because that for a UCS set you want to build it you want to be the first person to build it you want to peel off those those stickers that one was a set that I I wasn't quite fully back into Lego yet it was like I had just bought my yellow submarine at a Lego convention that my mom dragged me to that I like initially didn't even want to go to because it was for my little brother and then it was like my I think it was my um my 18th birthday I just went to the Lego store. I think for the first time I had, I just decided to go to my local Lego store and I bought the UCS slave one and was very satisfied with it. I had no idea like, cause I, at the time I was so new back into Lego that I really didn't like understand how much of a sought after item it was for people mm-hmm. and how awesome it was until like a couple years later when it retired. And then I was like, Oh, this is glad I bought this one when I was there. Yeah. It's I've I never had that moment, but I've certainly had the opportunity several times over the last two years to get one, and I've just passed every one, and I do I don't know why I don't know why. I think when when I went, I was the option. I knew I wanted one of those big Star Wars sets. I knew that's mm-hmm. what I wanted, and I think at the time on the shelves there was the Snow Speeder, the Tie Fighter, and the Slave One. And I was, I sat there for a really long time and I definitely made the best choice out of those three. I would agree, but that's a good lineup as well. So good. It's a golden age in a way. Yep. Mm -hmm. Back when the boxes were just like the the UCS boxes were just like really nice, like background photo. And then I loved the, it's like what the sand crawler did, the slave one, the tie fighter, the snow speeder. They looked great. Kind yeah, of the really Y-Wing, but the Y-Wing was like, that was their first step towards the black box. Yeah, it was more like set in space, wasn't it? But that was essentially just blackness. Yeah. I think it was, oddly enough, like in a tr- in the trench. They had the Y-Wing like in the Death Star trench. Okay. Partly. It was like half Death Star, half space, and then you had like the black border on the top and the bottom. Yeah. So what is the theme that you would like to see Lego make? that they don't currently make. Oh, uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call this a theme because I don't think there's probably enough to do it. Maybe there is, but maybe like a franchise that would slot into like ideas. Um, but for mm. me, I absolutely love the Stargate franchise, which I think is very legoable. Like you've got like the pyramids with like the, basically the pyramid shaped, um spaceships like the alien ships and then like you've got the stargate themselves and there is a really cool mock of a stargate where they've used like the blue translucent pieces to make their like event horizon so yeah they had like the film with kurt russell and all that in the 90s then they did the series um they've had like three different series so there's plenty of stuff there but for me that that would be cool I've never seen Stargate. Is that something I should watch? It depends. So I love ancient Egypt. And essentially what it mm. is, is like if the ancient, ancient Egyptians were essentially, and the pyramids were built by aliens. And then ah. 
back then there was and the humans were the slaves and we hmm. built them they built back then there was a there was a revolt they kind of and there's like a stargate that acts as a, a portal between worlds so everywhere there is a stargate you can connect them and travel between worlds ours was buried within one of the pyramids it's discovered and then like the i think it's the american air force kind of um tested and kurt russell goes through and then they kind of meet ra who was a an egyptian god um and then it's but he's an alien um <laughs> it's like a parasite in a human's body sort of thing so they live for like thousands of years but then they build on it because then they, they then do all of the egyptian gods then they go into like some other mythologies like there's a thor in there i, I and, just yeah i was looking it up and i one of the, the posters i saw was stargate atlantis yeah, so Atlantis is like set in a different, it's set in like a different galaxy. So they go like into the Pegasus galaxy, and then there's mm-hmm. people called like the Wraith there. And the Wraith are essentially, it, basically, what it does is it, it turns like mythology into science fiction. Um, so the Wraith are essentially I'll vampires like who feed off people, but it's it's kind of like if these things all have to come from somewhere, like Atlantis, there must be although we will never know what that truth was, it, it stemmed from something and that's what they do. They play off on all these little bits of mythology and build this kind of science fantasy world around it. It's really cool. That is so cool. I love when stuff like that happens. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. All right. But from a Lego cool. perspective, that yeah. is uh-huh. really cool. That would be very That cool. sounds very Legoval. Um, and then our final question before we get to our speed round is going to be, if you ha- could have any minifigure that doesn't already exist made, what would it be? Oh, well, I don't know this one. I almost want you to give us a Star Wars answer. Like you were such a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And then something else. Yeah. I'm trying to think from like Star Wars who doesn't exist mm-hmm. as a minifigure. Because that's the one thing, especially as an original trilogy fan, like... We we are quite blessed. Um, it's a hard one, especially on the spot. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if I've like answered this one before as well. Like everybody always asks, like theme or what your holy grail set. Yeah, I don't know about like minifigure. Maybe someone like Madame Garza because I from Book of Boba Fett. So like the space. Oh move. yes, yeah. <laughs> Listen, any more Twi'lek figures that we can get? Yeah, hundred percent. Give me a dark Talon, like, and I and I'm sign me up. Yeah, I, I mean, you could go. Oh, what's his name? Um, so Harrison Dula's dad. Uh, mm. I always forget his name from Cham Sandula. Cham Sandula. Yeah, yep. like people like that. Um, it'd be cool. Yeah, a lot of people till recently would have said Phase Two Commander Cody. Um, yep. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. How about like if something not related to Star Wars at all? Any minifigure. Could be a person, just a celebrity. Opi Wan, yeah, Wan minifigure. <laughs> no, I'm going to say this one because I don't think he's in it. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. So the Lego office set, mm-hmm. I think David Brent should have been in there, which is Ricky Gervais's character from the British Office. <sighs> oh, that's yeah, like, a good one. Consider he like wrote it. That would have right? been a so, fun little nod. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's because I've never seen the American Office all the way through either. But there is, I don't, so I don't know if it's from the office or if it's from like a comedy skit that they did, but there is a, 
there is a scene where David Brent meets Michael. Michael no, Sandler. yeah, that's official. They they did like a real. There's like a funny episode where they just like meet all their counterparts from the UK version, and it's the Office like to do the American Office would do stuff like that pretty often. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, David. That would have been great. Yeah, that would be great. All right, that's well, going to bring us into our speed round. So these are going to be this or that questions. It'll be okay. super easy. We'll fly through it, uh, and me and Matt are just going to switch off. I'll go ahead and get us started with our first one. Boba Fett or Django Fett? Boba Fett. Hamburger or pizza? Hamburger. Mega Constructs or Playmobil? Playmobil? <laughs> Not confident about that. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Hmm. Uh, following the instructions or mocks? Following the instructions. The Mandalorian or Andor? Andor. The Clone Wars or The Bad Batch? The Clone Wars. Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness? Alec Guinness. Really? Oh, yeah. Brick Separator or Teeth and Fingernails? Oh, Brick Separator. MCU or DCEU? MCU. Xbox or PlayStation? Oh, so this is controversial because for the last nine years... I've been had an Xbox One, like D1 edition, printed on the pad and everything. But I'm getting a PS5 for Christmas. Oh, ah, jealous! <laughs> Only because of the exclusive titles, i.e., Spider-Man. Mm, yeah, God of War. Mm, I want to yeah. play Horizon Forbidden West, but I w- I don't want to play the PlayStation 4 version. Yeah, e- Ewoks or Minions? Oh, are we seeing what we prefer or what we don't prefer? <laughs> take it any way you want this question is designed for you <sighs> i'm gonna to have to say he walks because i'm like the synonymous wow they're, well, like, they're, they're a part of me now i guess they are you're right yeah <laughs> and finally watching building a podcast live on youtube or catch it later on apple or spotify watching live all the time all right Well, I think that is about it for today's episode. We are going ahead and wrap it up. Remember, guys, if you can never catch us live, you can always catch us after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's always a great place. And don't forget to like our stream, follow us. And then, of course, Liam, why don't you go ahead and tell us where people can find you? So, um, yeah, Obi-Wan on TikTok. Instagram instead of the op instead of the I in OP, it's a one because somebody has that name and it's a private account. It's a private account and they don't use it. Everybody go spam that person. So OP can't even report them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, you can TikTok's the best place as always, and then link trees in there, or you can go to Instagram and likewise through that. OP one. Awesome. Well, that is going to wrap it up. We will see you guys next week for another really awesome show. I hope everybody had a great time. We will see you.